Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation Season 5, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me in the studio today is my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What up? And checking in from her illustrious home studio is our other co-host, Janelle Wheeler. Hello, hello, everyone. And today we have so much to do. So in our breaking new show format half a decade in i told you guys we'd start giving you kind of a rundown of what our segments you know we do about 10 to 15 minutes and we got a lot to cover today so here's what we will be covering first we have some breaking news we got to talk about a trailer that just dropped in the gaming world slash tv world for the new twisted metal peacock series then we have to recap everything that just happened at CinemaCon. <laughs> 2023 and by everything i mean the stuff we actually care about we will be talking about <laughs> including like big trailers for the flash a flash screening other big trailers transformers oh. we got so many trailers to talk about today <laughs> so we're going to be doing that then we will Sorry. have our ad break and afterwards we have an early reaction to talk about for guardians of the galaxy 3 my eyes have seen it guys and i'm hiding a lot now through this stoic expression but there's a lot of emotion so I'm going to give you guys a spoiler-free reaction and a kind of tease of uh, what to expect for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We will be having a special guest from Comic Book Gaming to talk about the new and review the new Star Wars game, Jedi Survivor. Plus, we got to talk about some new comic debuts that happened this week in DC and Marvel. And, oh my God, this is so much I can't even do it in one mouth. Full. We will also be having a bonus time segment on our YouTube channel where we talk about the first impressions of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So, like I said, we are going all over the map today. So let's start up top with our breaking news. Uh, right before we hopped in here, we got the first trailer for the Twisted Metal Peacock series. So Anthony Mackie is starring in this series, and he stars in this trailer. And when we threw this in here and made people put the video in, we thought it would probably be more substantial. but it's just a trailer that kind of basically, te I mean, this is a teaser in the true sense of the, world, of the world, of the world, of the word. <laughs> and basically, it just shows Mackie in a car. He's packing up some shotgun shells into a shotgun. He pops open a classic CD book. If you're a 90s kid who drove oh, in the man. 90s, you remember those CD books I had for that your life. stolen. That hurt me. I mean, yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was like a 20 sleeve. Yeah. That was in, a 20 sleeve CD. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. and oh. even your thing, and I keep forgetting the name of this, uh, even your club couldn't protect yourself. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, 
help you save your card, but it couldn't save your CD book. But um, now we sound the now. <laughs> yeah, we get an unusual musical choice in the form of "Steal My Sunshine" by Lamb Lamb. I forget what's the name of that uh, group. Lammy something. Lammy. I just Steve? thought it was Lamb. I don't know. Okay, please. Okay. Anyway, you steal my sunshine. Very unusual musical choice. Oh, thanks. And uh, yeah. But then we get to the end. Yep. And, and that's the get, big thing. Yeah, we get a little bit of a tease of actual Twisted Metal, right? Of actual Sweet Tooth and Samoa Joe. Samoa yeah. Joe, baby. He's going to be <laughs> he's King Shark and Sweet Tooth. That's, yeah, that's, that's, a, I mean, that's a, a, if you're looking for a post. So we even touch in some wrestling today. We're, yeah. we're going all over the map. We got it in there. But, it does have um, a vibe. It does. I will give it credit. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's really about the last like five seconds of this yeah. trailer, which mm-hmm. shows people burnt up America and Mackie's character driving in, in a fight. And, you know, like you said, kind of Samoa Joe as a, cl- as a clown who's uh, what's his name? Sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his truck outside Vegas, that yeah, iconic that image. Truck. Yeah. And he looks sweaty and gross and scary. And so I'm kind of psyched <laughs> for this. This looks like it could be <laughs> a lot of fun if the episodes are kind of kept simple and we get good right. sequences of them just having to drive places and fight people along the way. So, it looks like, if nothing else, Anthony Mackie's going to have a great time kind of hamming it up in this. And I love Mackie and a good slice of ham, so I'm not going to complain. It's true. Yeah, I think it's a good fit. It's got a zombie land kind of, you know, if it had, if it nails that kind of vibe of yeah. just moving, hey, make a whole episode about going to the grocery store, right? Because you got to run for supplies or do whatever, and then something <laughs> crazy happens and one of the other characters shows up, right? I mean, it's a pretty, it kind of, in some ways, writes itself. So I don't I hope they kind of just embrace that because honestly, when this got announced as a series, I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like when Gran Turismo got announced as a movie. And I was like, yeah, huh. it's like you, those two things should probably be flip flopped or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was curious. You know, metal gamer. Yeah, this, this is exciting. Obviously, like they didn't really give us much to go off of. Uh, I just kind of feel bad for Anthony that he had to do like, ladies and gentlemen, start your engines as his quote. Like, that's the only thing we get to see. It's <laughs> so lame. But other than that, uh, hopefully it's cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there's one thing to keep an eye on. And I know a lot of you will too, because uh, Twisted Metal is really popular. I mean, if you ever, I love you're a PlayStation lover. Yeah. I mean, this was your mm-hmm. life for a time. Four player Twisted Metal was your life. I wish it was I was better message. At the Twisted Metals, but I was always I always liked them and enjoyed. It was them. hard for me. Yeah, I just suck at them sometimes. Yeah, yeah it's hard when you when you get murked all the time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Distance nerding. I know. I said Samoa Joe. He's supposed to look sweaty and gross in this. They did yeah, a good job. Was, that was a compliment. Yeah. You'd be like, thanks. Yeah. I'm not trying to start no smoke with Samoa Joe. Everybody chill. <laughs> Please do not. Yeah. All right, moving on. So that was our breaking news. But our, our first topic today was talking about CinemaCon 2023. So uh, as you can see, we weren't there. for. We sent to CinemaCon, we sent our uh, Marvel podcast guy and our, and our Pokemon podcast guy. So they went to CinemaCon so they could tell you all the firsthand good stuff. What we here are budgeted for at Comic Book Nation is telling you all the fun stuff that everybody else told us. So that's what we are going to tell you. All right? Because our organizational status and the organization, our organization and its uh, its decisions are are curious sometimes. But here we are. So we're going to tell you all the stuff that we heard people tell us was cool at CinemaCon 2023. Strap in. Here we go. All right. First up, man. (laughs) Sony got weird on us with this Craven the Hunter. 
So Matt hasn't gotten his cardiac movie as a Spider-Man spinoff, but Boom. we are getting Craven the Hunter, and it dropped its first footage at CinemaCon 2023. And uh, suffice to say, I don't think it was what any of us were expecting, right? Like, it sounds kind of very Deadpool-ish. Uh, there was a scene of Craven biting out a guy's eye that I heard. Hyper-violent, kind of like very even on the borderline, maybe even like ridiculously comic booky. We're going to get like a real comic accurate Rhino, which I'm curious to see. And if nothing else, I've gone from knowing nothing and caring nothing about Craven to being intently curious about what the hell this movie is and like yeah. what they're doing with it. Cause I mean, this sounds like it could be either just a really kind of Sony taking a breakout swing at getting its own kind of Deadpool flavor or just kind of, you know, the next Morbius in a better way with just heaps of cheese that I might like. So I don't know. But what did you guys think? Did you guys? Are you, are you a fan, Bias, of Morbius? I'm a fan of having a good selection of movies that I can put on when I must do other things that <laughs> and I just need something for my brain to kind of rest on, you know? That's Love is Blind. <laughs> good for that oh, that was the the quote they used for the post yeah i know right <laughs> Janelle, it was great for my brain to rest on well, are you excited for this i'm really excited for this i have not seen the footage like i was trying to find it and i just kept finding like people talking about the recap and like talking about what it was so yeah. i have not seen it um but he looks hot so that's cool <laughs> i don't remember who's playing him Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, oh, Raven. okay. Aaron yeah. Taylor Johnson, Quicksilver. Gotcha. There you go. Okay. Yeah, he looks. Yeah. He looks. And it's, I mean, it's real got good. A it's been so long since like I've I've <laughs> dove into this movie as far as like what it's kind of like. Oh, I forgot who's even like a part of this thing. Uh, I I will say I think I agree with you completely. I was not. I was not like. I've never been like the biggest Craven person. I will say, like, I there's a lot of just Spider Man has a great rogues gallery, so it's not out of any shade to him. It's just there's so many to pick from. But I will say this does make me curious. I am I am far more curious now than I was before, and I do actually want to see footage. It does seem like it really depends on how the Uber the violence is depicted. If yeah, it's, if it's done just to be you know, like just shock value, but he's like treating it seriously and like it's taking itself super serious. I don't know. That's a, it's a weird thing. Cause like Craven's always been violent, has no problem with being violent, but like, you know, dude's got a code and there's like, I don't know. That just seems like a really, if it's just straightforward like that, it seems lazy, like a lazy depiction of the character. But I have no idea if it's treated with a little humor and a little bit like, Oh, Hey, it's self-aware. I'm, I'm down for it. That, that could be cool. And I, I like self-aware Craven. I like Squirrel Girl Craven. I think he's great. It's it's ridiculous and embraces the funny, and I think it's cool. So I'm I'm excited. If this is more Deadpool, you got my you got my attention. All right. So that was Craven. Uh, let's talk. Um, we got. I mean, we don't have to say too much about it because I don't think they they showed some stuff, but I don't think anything we can see. But across the Spider Verse is almost here, yeah. and they're teasing that there could be some pretty big cameos. I think the producers have even said like. I don't think the cast of the movie even knows fully like who all is up in there and how many voices and people they got through the door to do some cameos, but we know there are going to be some big ones. So, uh, cardiac's coming. Oh my God. 
So <laughs> we're hearing like so Tom long. Holland and Andrew Garfield and Toby. And I think that could be like the tip of the iceberg. I think you could get some pretty, pretty fun ones. There are a lot of cameo rumors for this summer kind of floating around the interwebs right now. But uh, yeah, we're going to be keeping an eye on Spider-Verse because that's, that's going to be here sooner than we think. So they, you know, that was also at the Sony panel. But let's talk about the big thing that kind of really stole the show, which was a new trailer for The Flash that came out. So mm-hmm. we got the second trailer for The Flash. And in a lot of ways, I feel like this was a gun. CinemaCon was another big win for DC in terms of kind of marketing this movie. Um, but uh, <laughs> we'll get into some of the complications in a minute. But yeah, this was a crazy, crazy trailer. It, it showed off a lot more of uh, the Michael Keaton Batman kind of history of it all. There are some teases that there could be even some cameos from those Batman films that we did this for this one in particular. Like, who is that? You know, we're seeing the back of the head. It's not Keaton, I don't think. So who is that? You know, there's a lot of good things that this movie kind of sets up without spoiling. Again, it's crazy that we don't really know the central kind of if there's a villain, because we've heard rumors that there's a villain, but we haven't seen anything, which is kind of like the Flashpoint comic yeah. for a lot of it. Uh, Zod in the threat of the Kryptonians being the obvious conflict. It was more about the effects of what he did yeah. as opposed to a person orchestrating it all. It yeah, was him. Yeah. Like, that was the point. He's the villain. Yeah, exactly. And his decision <laughs> kind of like, yeah, messing up and the selfishness of that decision and how it reverberates, of course, is the focus. So I'm not mad at that. But um, I mean, just everything visually, Andy Machete looks like he's really just reached kind of a new height as a director kind of making this. And they're just some crazy shots. And it, it looks like it makes Keaton's Batman like really kind of a star of this and kind of able to play in this more fantastical DC world that he never yeah. got to touch in his time. So uh, I'm really all about that. And like, yeah, this, this looks like if nothing else, DC has a shot at really making a big, good kind of crowd pleasing superhero epic. Ben. Yeah. The bat fleck of it all. Oh, man, look at him. This is the blue. Yeah. Oh. This move. I mean, this, these trailers and the footage flick. have all been making me like, ah, oh. uh, if nothing else, it's, it's like what we could have done with Batfleck if we had had just every time I see him, I'm always just like, oh, it's it's the same way I feel about Henry Cavill's. And Superman. I know this is going to be unpopular, and I'm sorry to turn on all my internet bros. Oh, what? But what? um, yeah, it also makes me wonder, like, you know, it, interested to have seen more Batfleck outside of just Zack Snyder's Batfleck. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And just because there are shots in this, like him coming out of the plane and like. I would love to see that Batman that movie he wanted to direct. Yeah, and Ben Affleck's Batman movie, which be careful with that because that make the Batfleck movie is still raging on social media. But uh, Janelle, how did you feel about this Flash trailer? How are you feeling about this kind of going in? I mean, I'm very excited about it, but I have to say, like, Batfleck can definitely go away. Sorry. I do not like Batfleck. I don't, I, I don't, Ben that. Affleck, like, all I can see is like Goodwill hunting in Batman form, and it's just weird. Um, and like, all I can think of is like his personal life, like JLo and stuff. I, I can't take him, like, actor Matt. I can't put him in that role for some reason. Anyways, that's just me. Uh, <laughs> this looks awesome. Uh, very excited. I, you know, the flash, the show is coming to a close, which is really painful for a lot of us, like really big fans of it. And there's been some really stellar moments throughout this last season. So, um, you know, I'm rewatching the entire Arrowverse right now. So I'm kind of like, that ain't my berry right now. That's how I feel because I'm in like in right. it, in it, in it, in it, um, in the show. 
I think the only thing that could be great is if they bring Grant and they do a little switcheroo at the very end and now he's our new Flash. I mean, I would scream. Um, but it looks it looks great. I, I can't tell what the tone is. Like, I can't tell if it's really serious. I can't tell if it's kind of cheeky. I can't tell if it's... It just... It, it feels like I just need to see the movie at this point. Right. Yeah, I it, get that. Because I just don't know. And because I'm so jaded because of all the drama, I, I don't care how many trailers you give me. I'm just not really excited. Like, it's there. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I'm sure they'll it will blow me away. But I'm just kind of like, every time I see anything, I'm like, okay. Like, I just don't, it doesn't bring the excitement. Like, Guardians. Like, when I see any Guardians trailer or anything, I'm like, oh, my God, one of my favorite things ever. But for this, I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, cool. Like, let's see. I agree with you on on the enthusiasm. But for, yeah. so for me, all of the other pieces to this are why I'm excited. Mm -hmm. It's it's Batfleck. It, it's Michael Keaton. <laughs> It's Sasha Cali is Supergirl. Like there's so many other things that I'm excited about in this. Every time Flash is on screen, I don't care. Because there's a part <laughs> of me that goes, this movie shouldn't exist. Because it should have been canceled a long damn time ago. Yeah. So I, I still have that. Like I still have. Like our chip on the shoulder. To invest in like your, <laughs> there's a heartfelt story here about family and about his loss yeah. and, and you know you have berries like you know other universe berry right there because all this stuff and that's supposed to ground everything else and i can't get invested in that because i look at that and go why the hell is this still a thing like there's still a part of me that like that bothers me that it's still like that this movie happens well let's get into it because now so you cracked open you cracked open the tiger cage so let's get into it so, so that's like just I said, conflicted that's all so let's just get into this because you know we're, we're talking around this but uh at CinemaCon, they held a bafflingly early screening of The Flash. And like I said, our uh, Pokemon podcast guy, Jim Viscardi, and our Marvel podcast guy, Brandon Davis, were there, and they saw the film. Mm -hmm. And the first reactions came out from the usual kind of film Twitter circle for this movie, overwhelmingly positive, people yeah. saying it, people loving the kind of cameos, the story, the thing. And almost immediately an entire wave of backlash began and it just painted the picture for how this is all going to point play out. And it's going to get ugly yeah. because there were people inside the industry and outside the industry who came for the people who saw the screening and were saying like giving their opinions about and saying anything positive they got came for for supporting uh, and promoting this film. And there's already clearly going to be an insane Twitter kind of subculture of people chastising and slamming people who go to and see this movie yeah. for the very reasons we're talking about, uh, the Ezra Miller of it all and kind of what they've done behind the scenes and the in <laughs> still unfolding crime saga that's going on around this. So, yeah, this is going to be a weird one in WB tripled down on this and said this was too important, too expensive. They couldn't dump it. They were going through with it. They need to get to this franchise reset. And this could very well be a story of saying, I mean, where Ezra Miller comes out of this and we say bye-bye to them. And, you know, I was joking with some friends. I'm sure this movie will put them out to pasture and kind of maybe even reset us with a new flash and all that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be really tough to go and be like, <laughs> they did a fantastic job carrying this movie and it's right. emotional. And kind of not 
remembering, uh, you know, the whole off-screen things, yeah. especially when it's a scene about, you know, sneaking around his own home, trying to prevent a murder, all this stuff that's going to be way too triggering of real-life events to kind of ignore. Now, what I have said in all of these discussions is it, it sometimes gets hard to kind of separate the bubble of who we are as like hardcore fans, entertainment enthusiasts, journalists, all that stuff from like what mainstream moviegoers care about. I don't think, and I still don't think that Ezra Miller is big enough in a mainstream setting for a mainstream audience to know about all of this. And or care about all of this. So far, I think the vast majority of the demographic of people who are excited and kind of interested in this movie are people who just saw these big trailers, which have been so carefully timed for like big events, like, you know, Super Bowl. Now we got CinemaCon and all the hype that they generated with the screening. And, and it's just like, that's what's blipping on a lot of people's radars and it looks cool. And so people are, are do it. And like you said, there's easy things to hinge yeah, around absolutely. that. Look, Michael Keaton's bad. Michael Keaton is in a lot yeah. of this trailer. Yeah. That's, oh, yes, exactly. that's for, oh, wow. Obviously, you want to shine a light on Michael Keaton, but that's not a mis That's planned. That's oh, purposeful. Yeah. <laughs> Look like, at the first trailer. I mean, the yeah. first poster for this, even the marketing, it's like Batman in the frame. <laughs> and there's a little <laughs> yeah. tiny guy. Yeah. Right yeah. That's on purpose. Like, you know? yeah. yeah. And so for the ladies, there's, you know, Sasha Calais, you know, Supergirl is, is attracting a whole demographic of people, you know? Bat Fleck enthusiast, they keep throwing that in there to get the Snyder Bros still on. And it's like, yes, there's a lot to hinge on around this. But I was having this conversation behind the scenes and I was just like about what we're like, you know, how do you even cover this? Like, what do yeah. we do? What do we say? Like, what don't we say in, you know, how do we keep it all real and still, you know, do what we got to do here? And it's going to be tricky because... There is, <laughs> I mean, just playing it, it kind of is going to be when this movie comes out and then there is a whole furious up war and people see it and be like, what are all these people so angry about? I saw a flash. It was cool. Yeah. And they start reading and it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to have a whole rediscussion about like oh, no. what Miller's been into and what's going on here. And like, yeah, I, think I just right. hope they and toss that. Then. And so everybody who's like been screaming throughout this development. Get ready, because this whole thing is going to enter a whole new arena. So yeah, that Mortal Kombat thing we were talking about earlier might be might be appropriate, but <laughs> wild because I think this film is going to entertain. And and I said I think I was texting somebody. I was like, man, you gotta love DC. I feel like even again, once again, they are going to somehow snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Like mm -hmm. even though it could be a box office slam, build up all this hype, then people will be like, oh, behind the scenes, and be like, yeah, yeah. and still like. But can you still stay out of the franchise office? Yeah. And it's just going to be kind of wild. So we're just going to start a whole new blank franchise and try to resell that. Should be interesting, right? All right. Thank you very much. You guys, I'm sorry. I, I took up a lot of air there. You guys, I mean, but Janelle, I mean, oh, no, this was, you guys got this ball rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah you this. started yeah, this. Started. Yeah, get out of here. I just forgot I about just it. want Grant Gustin to be right, Flash. Then I'll be happy. She wants Grant Gustin to be Flash. Oh, okay. Grant Gustin, hashtag. I don't know flash. how, if you're doing, if you're just like sh doing all the fan service, just like spreading it around, right? You're like mm -hmm. Oprah with this, like, hey, here's your new car. Here's your fan service. Why don't you give 
why not? Like, why wouldn't you He's put? He's just the perfect the Flash. Like, Make he is Barry perfect. Allen. There's there's so much to say because, you know, from my job, I have to know some things yeah. so early. So there's so much I want to say here, but I'm not. Oh, Kofi, don't do it to me. You want to go get some beers later and have a chat? <laughs> Off camera chat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Janelle. Sweet Janelle. Sweet Janelle. Can we move to something? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's move on Less. to something. Yeah. Here's something easy. Transformers. Yeah. Transformers. <laughs> nope. They haven't assaulted anyone. <laughs> oh, stop. Sophie. I'm not even <sighs> Okay. I should. We should. Yeah, you mentioned. We got to talk about your green nails here. What is? Wait. Oh, by the way, going look at on this. here. Look at these. What look is happening? Incredible hole. These were done by my wonderful daughter. This oh, morning, girl, dad, Amber, yeah. Amber did Obsessed. my nails this morning. Picked the green. I have nail envy for sure. Nice. I'm more stout. ashamed that it's taken me 28 minutes and 46 seconds to, to realize that you have green. <laughs> <hair. laughs> they've, been, they've been on display. Very nice. All right, so. back to Transformers. <laughs> we're seeing uh, a new trailer for Transformers: Rise of the Beast dropped, and this is the kind of thing that marries the classic Gen One Transformers lore to the uh, Beast Wars lore. And uh, this trailer was very informative of kind of straightening out some of that. Uh, the key thing being, we learned that the Beast Wars guys have just been hanging out on Earth this whole time. They've just been keeping to themselves in the deep jungle, which, you know, prudent move. Stay away from all this, all this drama. But uh, yeah, they're going big for this oh one. It's God. the start of a whole thing. We got Unicron officially dropped is kind of the big bad of this new saga. I'm sorry, but that Air Razor... And Rhinox steal the show. There's that whole scene all, at the end. All, no, all of the Beast Wars creatures steal oh, the they show. All do, but like, there's that Redox, scene at the yeah, end. Rhinox, it's amazing. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, dude, Optimus Primal just swinging on the bottom of a base and taking out and biting the heads off Scorpion, and like, and yeah. then you get, and then you get Optimus. Obviously, you get the iconic voice. You get RC in here, like Mirage. Like, it, there's so much. They and that music choice. Yeah. Oh my god! Although it, it did bother me because I was like, "You guys are a little bit. You're like four years off." I mean, that was '98 when we were all going DMX. Oh, crazy. I didn't even make the it was year association. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just love that song. Yeah, yeah, I just love that song. That was just me as a hip hop head. Don't don't worry. But about look at me. that! Look at that! Oh my god! This so I'm so giddy about this damn movie. Yeah, and more importantly, human characters that I feel like I can stand. Yeah, Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback, who are both have been killing it in like performance wise uh dominique fishback was recently in swarm uh donald glover swarm and she's been in like uh she was in that hbo series the deuce and anthony ramos of course was in hamilton and uh west side story and uh yeah they both look like we have human characters i can stand even pete davidson's voice in jazz which i thought was going to be so or mirage not jazz jazz we all want to forget about i love jazz we gotta forget about that though. I don't think we can still do that. Michael Bay can't still do that today. What? Oh, that jazz thing was so borderline. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving right along because we, we don't talk about jazz, but uh Mirage, even Pete Davidson's Mirage doesn't does not annoy me as much as I thought it could possibly. And yeah, this looks like for me, I'm just gonna go ahead and say already, I feel like this is gonna be the Transformer movie I actually always wanted. Yeah. This this is how and made I'm myself hungry. think I was getting with some of the Michael Bay ones, but this looks like it's going to be the Transformers movie that and sets up something bigger that I actually am already invested in. 
You just already tell me there's going to be more, probably more Decepticons, classic stuff, Unicron, all this craziness going down. I am so in. So, yeah, as people are saying in the comments, yeah, I'm back in this franchise. I was out for a long time. Bumblebee gave me hope. And I was like, all right, all right. They could maybe do something here. But that was small scale. Now we're getting. These are wrestling term. I'm marking out so much. Dude. Yeah, no, I, this, is... this trailer is so good. I know last time when we watched the teaser, I think it was the teaser. Janelle wasn't as hype. Like she was like, oh, that's good. What do you think about this one? But do you feel differently? Did this sway you? I mean, it's uh, yeah, it looks it looks awesome if you are a fan right it's like oh, me is. trying to be like like if a new spice world movie came out i would be losing my mind but like maybe kofi wouldn't be interested in that as much so like yes i think it, i can i can say like it looks good i respect it i probably won't go see it in the theater that's just me though you only watch spice world too if posh comes back yeah she has to come back for yeah. sure you can't you can't do that without though Okay. <laughs> Matt is the thread that links us all together. <laughs> I, I, I love this so much. <laughs> I hunted on eBay and bought all the dolls for Anissa because we had to have the original set. You know, got some. We were listening to Stop the other day. By the way, oh yeah, so good. all right. Let's move on to the next trailer. <laughs> <laughs> we got oh is it me now i think it's me is it, is it is it witcher time um i think so i mean there's a whole bunch of other stuff we got kind of like slight updates on some of the marvel movies and stuff like that but nothing really to speak of i don't think that i'm missing so yeah we can jump over to the witcher witcher i think the biggest this was obviously too this is very much a teaser trailer so you know this one kind of sets up that they're all together at some point, but they're all, you know, kind of, they, they very much keep all the monsters off screen. I still love this trailer. It's a, it's a, it's a get you hype for a full trailer type of teaser. And I think it did that effectively. The big thing takeaway from it is that it's being split into two chapters, but this is the good kind for me. This is the U version where it's only a month apart. So one is in June, one is in July. So they'll be splitting those. Uh, so I, I'm okay with that. I know there was some blowback to that on online like well why aren't you doing it all at once but i don't care just give it to me in a timely fashion four months or whatever what show were we talking about where it was was it titans it was titans where we were talking about yeah. the jump between that's too long yeah that was crazy but a month yeah i'm good you give give people time to digest all that and then move on to the next one. but I, this one i've been waiting for these three to really be all together and have take on the wild hunt you get the teases of that so i'm i'm hyped for this man it's winter time it's almost winter time. Yeah, yeah. I want to be more excited, but uh, oof. I mean, just I'm still so. It's one of those things. Like now, I'm kind of like in the boat where, like, uh, where Janelle is with the flesh. It's like all the behind the scenes stuff mm -hmm. is beginning to mess with me. Yeah, and like it's hard for me to get excited and invested when I know I was like, all right, this will be the chaotic last season that Henry Cavill did before <laughs> we get to Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, and that makes me a little nervous, but. I, you know, I, I never, I have never been disappointed when The Witcher arrives and having it for those binges and the time that's here. And so far, it looks like, I mean, again, more budget, things look like more yeah. polished. And yeah, every and like season you, said, you can tell now, they get more money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They get more money. <laughs> the wigs get better. The effects get better. But more importantly, also, I think we're settling into kind of a story point that'll be the most, I mean, of course, you got to kind of watch the other stuff. Right. But in terms of coming back and just being able to sit down and watch and digest this, this will be 
kind of, I don't know what word to use, the most, not the most straightforward, but the most kind of easily and excitingly digestible part of the lore where I feel like there will be enough propelling us forward that all the deep lore stuff won't get too distracting yeah. for people and we'll be able to be I also excited. feel like the linchpin, I feel like Siri, Frey Allen's Siri has like come a long way in just two seasons. And I think this season, she like, the second half of season two, she was fantastic like she was actually one of the anchoring characters of that season you know as opposed to the first one because she's you know you're just getting to know her she's so tied to a bunch of lore but she was you know younger and it's just kind of like you're not able to explore some of that yet because they weren't all together and so there's a bunch of stuff right in the timeline so here i really feel like season three is going to be like the season where it's like yeah Geralt is obviously will never not be the lead but she's as important <laughs> she's she's right there and we're gonna i think we're gonna see her kind of really make that jump in, in season three uh which is good and uh i'm i'm stoked i'm hyped yeah i'm asked i'm also interested to see how the universe feels now that we have this expansion with these multiple prequels and stuff yeah. like that so mm -hmm. be interesting. are you hyped janelle yeah i'm really hyped but like i obviously don't know anything of what's going on like this trailer doesn't give me information it's just like hey here's a bunch of flashes of cool images and i'm like okay that's fine i mean i didn't really need them to be excited anyways but i'll take them <laughs> yeah. i'm much more interested to see when the full trailer drops yes agreed. Really story seeds and stuff but yeah so that's what you all right so finally we got a trailer for the hunger games prequel the ballad of songbirds and snakes and uh it's weird man it's weird it's not because not because the film itself is weird it's just it's an interesting take this whole project which is kind of being launched multimedia with the book and the movie kind of coming back to back um from suzanne collins it it's kind of nuts and uh yeah you know we're not gonna go too deep in this richard's telling us we gotta take a break and pay some bills and do all that, but check that out on comic book movies because it's interesting. And I'm wondering if the Hunger Games can really make this jump to a prequel and have us all invested because I feel like the Katniss Everdeen of it all was like a big part of those books. Yeah. And of course, the Gale and Peter romance. So seeing something where I'm also supposed to figure out how to root for snow in some kind of way is been <laughs> really weird because uh, they went to great lengths to make him a child murdering monster in like the first one. So Weird project. I am interested to see if they can pull that off. Go check that out on comic book movies. We are going to take an ad break, but when we come back, I'm going to give you my early reaction to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Spoiler free, of course. And we have somebody coming on to give you guys a review breakdown of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, plus new comics. Stay tuned for all of that. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, Season 5. I have a working earpiece now, so I can hear Janelle Wheeler whenever she talks. What? You couldn't hear me? 
Oh no, I, I you guys never check my me- our message threads in the show behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was like saying, I'm sorry if I'm talking over you. I literally could not hear you, but uh, now I can. So hi, nice to Yay. talk. To hi, oh. Kobe. Looking hey, sweet hey. today. Hey, uh, but uh, I don't think Rich could hear us so during the break because uh, while he was in the booth, we said uh, we're going to bring out our special guest today and uh, have him come out now so he's not just sitting back there <laughs> hanging out. Logan Moore is with us from the gaming comic book gaming team. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to have you break down uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor in just a moment. But first, I got to do my whole spiel because I have these eyes have seen Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and uh, we're going to talk about it. Here it goes. So Guardians of the Galaxy 3 coming out next week. And um, yeah, if you've been seeing anything I've shared on social media, uh, I said that uh, uh, it's good to report that this trilogy goes out on a high note. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, there's a lot of stuff to love about this movie and to kind of really enjoy. It has, you know, I basically will say, and I'm going to tweet this and kind of secondary tweet now that I've had a night to digest, is in some ways I feel like this movie is kind of review proof in a way because no matter what happens and what you see on screen behind it all, what you're really seeing is this group of people who have grown really close and have had this amazing time kind of working together, you know, putting their all into having one last great time together, putting together this movie. And there are just so many hints of that uh, during the movie of from the sequences to kind of the interactions they're having to just key moments that go, that are purposefully meta between the actors and stuff that you feel the emotion of all these emotions that they're feeling kind of the joy, the fun, the bittersweet sadness and, and, you know, moments of real sadness and stuff. And uh, that's, that all translate on screen in, in a very real way. Now uh, this for me, I, I said, and there were a couple of us from comic book. It was like me, Chris Killian, Jamie Lovett, who was just here. And we were talking after the film about, you know, how do you rank this for me? I think it's still number one, then it's number three, then it's number two. Um, other people had this at the top, for that for as the number one but um yeah i think it it it, it's just it does fulfill and deliver what you wanted from this guardians of the galaxy franchise and from this last chapter and does some interesting kind of new things um this has and i tweeted this out one of the best marvel villain performances i've ever seen uh, from Chuck Woody, uh, I don't. I always Chuck Woody Wuji, Wuji, and we got to all get start getting that right because this man's gonna be getting a lot of work. As the High Evolutionary is one of the most freaky kind of villain performances. It's something that could be so flat otherwise. He makes really have depth and kind of menace from the way this guy's mind works and his mania and all of that. And one of the single best action sequences in all of the MCU that I would say you get in this movie. That said, there is a lot of it that's very unexpected. There's a lot of this that goes to different kind of beats, literally and figuratively, than you would have expected from James Gunn. There's some ways in which he breaks the mold from the opening sequence and the way that kind of plays out into just some of the musical choices and some of the just the way the movie works. There's an element of this, and I know people are going to freak out when I say this, but is 
has that kind of uh, last Jedi to it, that kind of everything is not so easy and everything is not so heroes, villains, you know, cut and dry. There are complexities, there's death, there's life, there's scars, there's, you know, all these things you got to deal with. And so there is a little bit of emotional complexity to it and depth to it and uh, a little bit of challenge in some of the kind of choices that are made. Also, there are some kind of ways that James Gunn knows he's going out and this is it. And he literally, and puts it in the movie, don't give an F. Like he's going to do some things that he's just going to want to do. And some of the Marvel stuff he doesn't care about anymore. And you can tell in this movie that he's like, whatever, I'm going to do what I want and it's not going to be my mess anymore. So uh, there are going to be some furious debates about that. Um, Get ready for Adam Warlock debates. There are going to be some big Adam Warlock debates. And I can't wait for that because deep down, I know people don't know Jack Rabbit about Adam (laughs) Warlock. But yeah, he's going to get defended like he is the greatest icon of Marvel ever. But like people like, yeah, there's a reason he doesn't always have an ongoing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people are going (laughs) to going to that's going to be a a great character when he's big, big debate topic. But I think a lot of people are going to come out of this. You know, James Gunn completes the journey. You know what I mean? Like there is definite resolution to what this trilogy was i'm knocking my mic around getting too emotional and what it was about who these characters are and who they were about and what they were about and uh where it leaves things is 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 interesting and that's all i'll say i won't talk about emotional battery or impact i will say and this is already one thing that's coming up is there have been some people who are very angry about this movie and getting really triggered about it because, sorry, I'm so sorry, Rich and Aaron in the, in the booth. I'm so sorry. I've slapped this mic around like it owes me money. Um, but uh, wow, <laughs> it, it has a lot to do. And we've seen this in the trailers, in the clips, and they've tried to prepare you. But this has a lot to do with some hard stuff dealing with animals, um, animal experimentation, animal cruelty yeah. is obviously a big part of this story. And if you know anything about the high evolutionary or rocket in his story, yeah, that shouldn't be surprising, but some people, and I think it's to James Gunn's credit as a director in like, like I said, uh, 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 Chuck Woody's performance as high evolutionary, that these moments are freaky and intense. And some of them are really dark and scary. Like there are parts of this, like I would never take like my child to see under like age of eight or nine. There are some key moments in this movie that are too freaky for that. But, um, that triggers some people. So you, you got to know that going in right. because too freaky or too like traumatic. Both. Both. Okay. Uh, you know, people, we live in this weird thing. People can get really triggered about animals. You know, we can watch a human being get their face shredded off and saw our evil dead, but somebody slaps like a rabbit in a movie and everybody's like, it's very hard. one of those people is very hard for me to see. <laughs> I'm like crying immediately. <laughs> Not someone get their face shredded either. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm saying we live in this weird, weird gray area of society me. where like the, those <laughs> one carries much more weight than the other. So people are seeing some of that in this and getting really, really angry about it. And um, so what you're saying is I'm going to be vegetarian after this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, I'm ready. I was yeah, almost so. there anyway, so this is just push me over the edge. <laughs> so, but um, that all said, yeah, I think this is going to be uh, a very big Marvel film. I think it's going to capture back some of the magic of... Does it hit a bill? Do you think it hits a bill? 
because it's been a minute since we've really had that traditional Marvel hit a billion type thing. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think really. No, I don't. I think this is again it, this. And we were saying this. This is not a, an MCU movie. This is not an MCU event film whatsoever. This movie is literally just the sequel to the Guardians holiday special and the end of the Guardians trilogy. And that is all that it cares about. James Gunn, don't give an F about the MCU anymore, about all this large stuff, all this stuff. None of that. Like, this is the end of Guardians, his Guardians trilogy, and it, that's it. So I think this movie is going to appeal to everybody who loves the Guardians series, but it's not going to draw in anybody new. It's not going to be an event film so big that like people are hearing, oh, in like the whole next Endgame stuff, like that's a little overblown. Like it's a really good Guardians story and ending. So it's too long. And, and it's two and a half hours. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty he long. Said, he said it was the next Endgame. And I said, oh, so it's too long. I mean, it's pretty long. <laughs> but um, this is just it a, drags in the first act. What? I'm sorry. Yeah, this is All the right. victory lap for James Gunn and them after oh, having things almost go so wrong, right? I don't so, mean to throw grenades. I know. Yes. <laughs> But um, that's that's the that's the story with Guardians of the Galaxy three. So, for everybody who you know, all the generation, this was your Star Wars. Like, you got a better trilogy, okay? And this was a better trilogy ending. There's no Ewoks, so chill. Everybody's oh, gonna I be love okay. Ewoks. I know, but they didn't like them at the time. Oh, that's true. Um, so, you know, good ending Boo. to the trilogy and uh, a good film. But like, yeah, uh, still a lot of questions about what this larger plan is. Plan is for the franchise right now. Because James Gunn just got his exit. Now he's done. And it's just still like we got a lot of mess to clean up in this franchise right now. But um, yeah, check out. And I know you will. And I know you will. Go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And go see it on IMAX. We got to see it on IMAX. And it was gorgeous. Like absolutely gorgeous in IMAX. There are so many. This is, yeah, I mean, easily the most beautiful and well-produced and shot Guardians film of the batch. So. Really well done. All right. And some fun surprises. All right. So that's Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and that's all I'm going to say. Moving right along, it is Logan Moore's time to shine. Logan, you have been deep in a galaxy far, far away, playing through the next chapter of the Star Wars Jedi game franchise. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, what are your impressions? I know this game is huge. We've Let's just say that off the bat. Yeah. This game is pretty big, and so you're kind of just knee-deep in it, but... uh. What are you thinking so far? Yeah, I've uh, so our full review is up on the site. I ended up giving it a four out of five, so I liked it quite a bit. I think it is a pretty notable step up uh, compared to everything that was seen in Fallen Order. Um, there are some problems that I have with it that we could dig into here and there. Uh, I think the story's got some pacing problems, and I think some of the dynamics between the characters could have been fleshed out better and things like that. But for the most part, this is like. This is the type of Star Wars game we need more of in the future. Like for the longest time, they were trying to make everything like a live service game or just things that fans weren't wanting. And like this is a continued example of just give people a lightsaber and give them force powers and a good story. And I think people will be absolutely hooked. Like this game from start to finish is, is a ton of fun. So like, I mean, what they've kind of cracked the code on these franchise games, I feel like is getting you ever since Arkham kind of really opened the door literally and figuratively to putting you in the character's shoes and making you feel like that character. So like you feel like Batman, you play the Spider-Man games, you feel like Peter or Miles in, 
even with its flaws, which I was going over with our uh, game editor Tanner the other day of, it took me a long time. I bought Fallen Order, tried to play it, ran off for like four months before I would come back to it because of some of the structuring problems in that game. But it did make you feel like you were a Jedi, by, especially by the end when you really started to upgrade and have all kinds of crazy powers and doing these battles. And that at least made me feel like a Jedi. And, you know, I born run around like Martin Lawrence, right? Like screaming around, I'm a Jedi, having a great time. And uh, it looks like this is going to do that even better. And yeah, I'm just kind of a couple pointed questions I have. Is it, have they fixed kind of, because Jedi Fallen Order was like loosely open world. Like you could make choices about where to go and do all that, but it wasn't really because like the thing that kind of spoiled me the first time was I went to a level that was so far advanced in the game thinking, yeah. oh, we'll start here because I like this from the lore. And I'm yeah, da- did you go to Dathomir yeah. up front in the last game? Yeah. 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 And I got just annihilated for like th- three straight weeks. And I was like, why do I want to play this? This is terrible. And I yeah. didn't realize, like, oh no, there was this whole other easy training buildup like path to go on, so that my levels increased naturally, and like the game would be fun. But they didn't. There was no structure to that. So have they kind of fixed that in this one? Yeah, I think the last game. So this game, this game franchise, in a general sense, is like half Metroidvania, half uh, Souls-like. If you're familiar with both of those genres, and the first game leaned much more heavily into the Souls-like style of play, which means like difficulty was an intrinsic part of it. Like it was supposed to kind of kick your teeth in at certain points. I think survivor here is much easier. I can count the number of times that I lost two bosses on one hand. I did not have much of a challenge with it whatsoever. I think the game definitely streamlines you more, uh, like it doesn't, it doesn't open itself up in the way that you're talking about where it's like, I want to go to Dathomir or I want to go to, I'm trying to think of some of the other plants. I know Kashyyyk is in the last game as well. Um, but it, the, the last game gave you a little bit more freedom up front to choose where you would like to go. And this one is more honed in on sending you to specific areas. And then the planets that are in this game are much, much more vast. Um, the central planet is called Kobo, and it is probably two, three, four times the size of the biggest planet in the last game. And they really flesh out like what is on that planet and the diversity of different areas and stuff that you can go to. So it's less about sending you to a bunch of different planets and you choosing which one you want to go to up front. There are still like five or six, I think, total in the game, but it's more about the density of the planets and things like that uh, within the game and you exploring them over time, getting new abilities and then unlocking new routes to go exploring stuff like that. If you had a trouble with the last game in terms of its difficulty, again, this one is, I think, much easier. They toned back a lot of the souls-like elements and a lot of the difficult combat encounters that I think proved to be challenging for people in the last game. And my second question, because to go with that excellent first answer is this is all they, this is kind of the game that's kind of beginning to force us to go next gen, right? Um, how does it look in a next gen format? This is like the weird part of how I played this game. So my answer is not going to be fantastic on this front. The version of the game I played came in very hot and it was before the day one patch. Uh, So I had some performance troubles. Um, I was told to not play with HDR turned on because it could break the version of the game that I was playing. Like there was a laundry list of like specific things that the publisher told me to like, hey, be aware of this or the game could break. And also like they're like 
when the day one patch rolls out also it could corrupt your save and you could lose everything so be aware of that and i had to like back my saves up and stuff like that so performance wise i think the people who are buying the game today and playing it are going to have a much better idea of what it looks like that being said it looks gorgeous uh I had some like texture pop in problems and some performance issues. I have played it since the patch release though. And it seemed to be in a much more stable place. Um, we're still in like that weird middle ground though, with the next gen consoles where I feel like people are only devs are only just now kind of learning how to best take advantage of the hardware. And I, as the years continue to pass by, I think games will only obviously get better, but we're in this like weird middle ground between wanting to leave behind the PS4, Xbox One and that stuff and move on to the new consoles and developers are still kind of working with both and trying to optimize for both. So you're getting weird situations where devs aren't taking fully advantage, full advantage of the new hardware. But even when they do try to release games for specifically the new hardware only, which is the case here with Jedi Survivor, that it, you get the feeling that they haven't learned all the ins and outs of it yet to take full advantage of it. So it's a, it's a weird balance right now. Um, for the most part, though, again, the game, yeah, it looks gorgeous. Um, there's just a, a, some little hiccups here and there, for sure. All right. So, in the end, Logan, you think people who are Star Wars fans should be out there buying this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I again, I have little qualms with it here and there. I, I think the best thing I can say about this game, um, and I think the thing that will make people the most happy uh, if they played Fallen Order, which was the last one, is that Cal Kestis is like a phenomenal Star Wars protagonist. I think he is um, the star of Survivor even more compared, uh, more than he was in Fallen Order. This game takes place five years after the last one, so he's more mature. He's kind of settled into his role as a Jedi. He's less of this scared kid trying to learn his Force powers and Force techniques, and he's just kind of become used to being this Jedi Knight who's taking on the Empire, and he really serves as a fantastic... Uh, catalyst for the story to revolve around. There's a lot of depth to his character in this game, a lot of great themes. I, I think he's one of the better characters that has ever come back, come about since Disney has bought Star Wars overall in any of the pieces of media. Uh, so I, I, I think on that front, this game is something that Star Wars fans will really, really get, like and get a lot out of. And final question, does it add, because this is a canonized game, so does it add interesting things to Star Wars canon? Yeah, I don't want to say too much um, about this because I know the developers have kind of kept this under wraps. The game's out now, though, so people are going to learn more about this stuff. Uh, the core uh, the core of the plot, though, does tie in heavily with High Republic era Star Wars stuff, which they have been uh, exploring more in the books the past couple of years. Um, to my knowledge, there's not many of the characters from the books that are referenced or are appear in the game. Uh, I was ask, actually asking Jamie about this as well. Cause I was like, Hey, does this character mean anything to you? Cause I've not read the books and I know he does read up on all that stuff. Um, but they do start to fold in more of those larger world things. As far as other things that happen within the context of this time period in the empire, there's not a lot that they fold in. Uh, there are cameos and things like that that come into play, but it's nothing that's going to, totally reshape the star wars universe or anything like that all right well logan thank you very much for uh giving us the breakdown of star wars J jedi survivor you guys can follow all the kind of playthrough breakdowns all the big kind of 
details you want to know from the game. If you're not playing, it'll be over on uh, both comic book, I think Star Wars and comic book gaming. So yeah. check those out in the coming days and weeks as we go through this. Because like Logan said, it's a huge game. So there's a lot more we got to get into. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that, like I said, there's a lot of cameos and spoilers and stuff that will obviously we don't want to say too much about now. But as the game continues to be out, people will start talking about more. I'm sure those will prove to be big discussion points that we'll probably touch on here on the site. So so throw that bookmark into comicbook.com gaming and uh, Logan. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. All right, Matt, hop us over for our final segment of the day. We are going to be talking some uh, new comics that uh, debuted this week. Yeah, you know, it's fitting for my nail color. I got to say, we're going to start with Green Arrow. <laughs> Green Arrow number one. Aren't you excited about that? You're excited about that. Uh, Joshua Williamson uh, relaunched uh, the character in a new ongoing series. And, uh, you know, if you've paid attention to social media, uh, it, it really seems like he's a, he's a huge fan of the character. And I feel like that comes through uh, at least for me it came through in this in this issue uh there's so much to be said for like the extended family <laughs> the extended arrow family uh there was always kind of a little mini Arrowverse in the comics you know and, and it's kind of grown over time and i think this captures that and while it has to kind of move to some of the other players and some of those other characters and away from ollie i always felt like Number one, I think his narration really helps. I think that he's narrating throughout the book. So you feel like his presence is there. And then he also kind of bookends things. So I felt like even though, yes, it is a Green Arrow book. And while he's not in every single page of the book because of things, I still thought his presence loomed over it. And especially as things made their way towards the end, I thought it really captured like a lot of the really great aspects of green arrow and the extended family I, I was really excited like i i've always liked green arrow i think my favorite honestly my favorite iteration is still justice league <laughs> justice league and justice league unlimited green arrow because i just adore the animated series green arrow yeah um, but, but i've left several of the books and things so like i i come at it from you know i'm a fan of the character but maybe i'm not like as big a diehard fan as others and i really enjoyed this so i think like diehard fans especially will probably find a, even more to love about this i think roy anchors a lot of it i i don't know i think roy like having him back in the fold and and the whole thing with like him and his daughter and stuff i think all that like will be one of the bigger anchors of the book going forward so i i really dug it but what'd you guys think oh man this one it was weird but not in a bad way like there was a lot of this that's weird because there's a lot of green arrow lore that it kind of hops through in and recaps and a lot of this issue is a lot is doing that and i needed it because We've seen so many of these characters over now, so many different media forms and like people attach them. Like you said, whether it's like justice league and justice league unlimited people know Roy Harper from young justice yep. now and a whole thing. The Arrowverse has its own version of this, of course, with black canary and, you know, Oliver queen and Connor and like all of this stuff. So, you know, green arrow has gotten some weird amount of shine in media, it's but it's like, shine, it's yeah. hard to pull it together to where we are right now in DC comic lore with the character. And uh, they literally pulled him out of the rebirth process. And so I think for me, what was weirdly in kind of just, this was just timing wise was just coming off of a uh, Supergirl world of a uh, woman of tomorrow mm -hmm. and basically having like green arrow hooded man of tomorrow, like yeah. on his own weird crystal planet and whatever's going on there. And I'm the most interested about that right now. Uh, not to say uh, I'm not interested, but it was weird to read a Green Arrow book that had to do with like 
phantom people appearing and disappearing yeah. and then like a name drop of Amanda Waller at the end and yeah. multiversal stuff. Because you think when it's like Green Arrow, you, your mind automatically kind of goes back to the basics like arrows, bows and arrows and yeah. shootouts and, you know, fist fights. And so they're getting weird with it. And so I'm I'm not doubting it, but I'm just kind of like, uh, it did the job of a first issue. I was like, I got to see where this goes a little bit because this is looking kind of strangely yeah. weird, especially the twist at the end. Which, yeah. Which is a very all, Oliver twist. Didn't mean that. But which is a very like if you've been reading Green Arrow, I love the ending line of like. Green Arrow always has to make always has to make these decisions that like reverberate and are typically the opposite of what what you feel like he should do and and he's always got to he's always put in those situations so I thought that was a great line and way to exit that out Janelle what did you think because I don't actually know where you stand on Green Arrow. Uh- I'm watching, I'm rewatching the Arrowverse. So <laughs> uh, I, I actually really enjoyed this. I don't, I'm not very familiar with Green Arrow comics. So I'm kind of new to anything you send my way. And I really like getting to see this side and getting to know Ollie a little bit better. And the whole rest of the gang, like obviously it's very different from the TV show, this story. <laughs> uh, and I, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was wasn't too long. It wasn't too wordy. It was easy to follow. It was, there was an emotional moment in it that really hooked me. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's everything I would want a, like an entry level reading to be for someone like me who isn't as familiar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. And uh, that's right. Yeah. I always forget that you're, you're in the middle of your era rewatch. And I am. This is very much not the street level. There is an aspect to that when they go over mm-hmm. to the family, but the overarching plot is very much not. And I love that. Yeah, I love that it's different. I thought it was fresh, and uh, and the artwork was was great as well. So uh, moving into the next book, uh, we're going to move into Alien. I'm going to let you take this because I you are a bigger, much bigger like alien predator person yeah. than me. So listen. Yeah, the Alien and Predator franchises have kind of set themselves up for these yearly anthologies through Marvel Comics, which they just they start the numbering over every year because it's like basically a new series. But there are different creators telling stories in the Predator or Alien universe. And I've liked them so far. We've had some really interesting stories. Last year's story was about like some synthetics that get sent into a planet to save these people from uh, a xenomorph outbreak and it all goes wrong for them and creates this new kind of hybrid alien. It was great. Anyway, I like that. I like the first story about the dad going to save his son and all that stuff. I'm going to be honest. This one was probably the weakest start I've had for one of these alien books uh, because I read it before you said we were going to read it on the show. Cause I was like, Oh, alien. Like, yeah, I love that. I'm going to, let's get started. And I jumped in and I read the whole thing. And then when I, you said we were reading it, I was like, what was that book about? <laughs> I was like, oh God, I don't remember anything about it. And I had to go back and even scrolling back through it. I was like, I don't remember any of this. And it's because this one's very much a talkie. Like it, it starts really, this is a slow start book and I get it. It sets up a whole thing, but it doesn't set up anything that we haven't seen before. This is basically alien by way of the thing. If you've ever seen the thing, like it's the same thing because it's about this mining planet on an ice planet they dig a face hugger out of the ice and they idiotically throw it in the kind of refrigerator, right? And then, you know, they report it in and Whalen Utah comes looking because they know that they found a xenomorph specimen. And so they're coming to come see. And that's like the whole of this book. But in between, it's just getting to know the family dynamics, 
of these people who are staying on the base yeah. and all of that so that when they're in danger, we care. But it, it was a little overwrought with like the conversations and the slowness and not really having, I think the aliens actually appear in like maybe one or panel oh, <laughs> wow. while they're in the ice and like they never come out and attack anybody. So there's not like a whole lot of violence or anything mm-hmm. in this one. So it was just kind of a slow start and the kind of building up. But eh, who's all right. Janelle, what do you think? Uh, it, 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 I, not a lot happened. (laughs) So, um, I was just kind of waiting. I was waiting for the little creature to get out of the ice. I was waiting for the aliens down below to come attack. I was just waiting for something. Um, and I just don't, I think you would do yourself a disservice to not read on from here. If you are a fan of alien, because like you're definitely not getting any of the stuff like you you really want out of it. So I it just needs a little bit. It needs the next. Like, you know, there are certain shows that come out and you're like, I'm just going to wait and binge the whole thing. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be this this vibe. This is, like, a, this is a much better in trade. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. like, uh, what do we have coming out this week that uh, the Elizabeth Olsen show uh, Love and Death on HBO Max? And it's like, they did a three episode premiere and you watch it and you realize like why? Because there's an mm. arc that, that really by the end of that third episode and you've seen this whole introductory arc till you get to the actual like, yeah, you know, you know, violent murder mystery, the part that's going to hook you. But it took the three episodes to build that to story there, up. Yeah. And so I feel like this is one where once we get to this next issue, we'll probably start being like really crazy and, and you know, getting into yeah. some alien stuff. But uh yeah, you I think you two said one. it best. I, I think you summed it up best. It was, it was, I always like have a hard time like label, labeling something forgettable. Like my bar for that is a little higher. And, but it really was, <laughs> it really was like there were things I'm like, okay, like it, it very much, you get to a point and you're like, okay, it's just, it's just decompressed for being decompressed. I, yeah. I really need something to, to kind of hook me. Um, I will, I'm curious about the second issue. So I probably will jump. I will probably still read that just to see like, oh, hey, does it does it make a major turn? But uh, first issues for me are like, we talk about them a lot on the show. And I always talk about how like it really is your chance to hook somebody. And they are important to me. And there's a lot of books that happen. And so like I mm-hmm. kind of devote my time to stuff that hooks me at this point. You know, so if, if you yeah. don't hook me in two issues, <laughs> I'll be checking out. Like, there's, there's a lot of <laughs> So I'll give it one more, uh, but as of like right now, I wouldn't say I'm like yeah. Keep well, it's just I mean also, and the the whole key to these alien predator anthologies is trying out new stuff. And yeah. so far, this isn't a new yeah. story. It's the same alien story. People on remote colony, stupid, don't know the xenomorph is dangerous. Throw it somewhere dangerous. How the hell do you look at a face hugger and stick it in the? I don't know. Like, what about that says? No, that thing's not threatening at all. Like, I don't know. The thing looks like a spider parasite. (laughs) Who is welcoming that into their home? I don't know. Anyway, Um, into other books, by the way, of of insect and creatures. Real quick, uh, you should go read Blue Beetle (laughs) because that series just ended. It was its big finale, and then it was just announced that it will get a new ongoing coming. It's the same. It's like it's uh, the same writer. And it's going to be like coming out of the events that happen here. Like stuff happens here that sets the status quo for that book. So if you are a Blue Beetle fan, you're hyped about the movie, or you've just enjoyed the series, which I have thought is excellent. uh, Definitely check that out and get prepared for you're going to want to read that. It's one of those things that they'll probably give you a good hopping on point. 
But if you read, especially like the last two issues of the series, you'll you'll have a good understanding. So definitely check that out. But that's comments. All right. Thank you. And that'll do it for our regular show this week. We are Comic Book Nation. If you're just now getting into the show, please go on Twitter and follow us if you can find us anymore at Comic Book Nation. <laughs> I forget if we have a check or not. Um, you can also check us out by subscribing to our YouTube, which is the place you really want to go because it'll have all the alerts for our live shows as well as all the awesome videos that we put out there. And uh, Matt really kind of shepherds that whole thing and does a good job. We got we got Bat Wheels clips on there right now, Power Rangers interviews, Titans interviews, Boke, you know, Mandalorian interviews. We keep up with trailers and all kinds of crazy stuff that we put up there. And most of all, this show is so big, we got to do it all for geek culture. We can rarely do that in the time allotted for our regular show. So we have our bonus round over at YouTube. And uh, today's no different. I am about to hop over to our bonus round. And we are going to be talking with another member of Comic Book Gaming about another highly anticipated game, which is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. The uh, Yeah. yeah. We, so Breath of the sequel to Breath of the Wild. And so we are going to talk about that because we've had somebody playing that. And they're going to give you guys some first impressions. So that's already going to be a video we have before Zelda even comes out. We will have a video telling you some first impression breakdowns from playing that. So this is Comic Book Nation. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. And as always, if you want to know more about all these things we talk about, just head on over to comicbook.com where we have many, many sections of geeky goodness for you to get lost in all the time. That'll do it for our regular show. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you guys as we all try to emotionally handle Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 next week, and we will talk about that and so much more. See you guys then. This is Comic Book Nation. Peace. Bye, everybody.